0: Hi, I'm Wayne Hineson, the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. It's been an eventful period of time for, uh, for us and for you. And so I sort of want to um, just speak to, um, speak to that a little bit this morning and you might know a few weeks ago um, that uh, Jackie and I mentioned that we've been on this journey with Jesus where he's been speaking to us about um, what's next uh, for, our, for us as a family, what's next for us in terms of Grace Church, um, and... Yeah, it's been a, a roller coaster ride of emotion i 'll put it that way um, for um, for you and i'm sure um, it it definitely has been for us and so what I sort of want to do today is i want to um I want to speak into kind of what god's been saying to us so that you can get some sense of the journey that we've been on but in that, my hope is that you will grab hold of it and you will get what he wants to speak to you when it comes to um, the journey that we've been on that the the grace church is on at the moment so after we made that announcement um, a few weeks ago someone came up to me and they said this why are you leaving us why are you leaving us and it's a very valid question and i'm very thankful that person asked it because it's a valid question but it made me really really emotional um you know because everything was still pretty raw and you know like we were still processing a whole bunch of things and what i felt really bad about was i didn't actually have an answer to that question i had zero answer to the question other than to say i'm being obedient or we're being obedient to what god is saying to us and that's the only answer that i had and i think in that moment of time it just for me it felt like such an inadequate answer because i couldn't i couldn't say anything beyond that um but even if you ask me today that's the only answer I can give you because I don't know what tomorrow looks like and reality is none of us really know what tomorrow looks like but for us God said go and so we're going it's as simple as that well it's not really that simple but for 20 years that's how Jackie and I have been living you know like 20 years ago um, in 2003 she was a teacher at a school. I was lecturing at a university. and We'd only been married for you know, a few years. We would bought our house. It didn't have a white picket fence, but you know, maybe at one stage it might have actually got that. You know, so it seemed like life was all together and life was where it was supposed to be. And then something strange happened. Something, well, I, I use the word strange, but really, you know, God happened. Um, we walked away from everything that we knew. We walked away from our jobs, we walked away from friends and family, we walked away from our house, all of that sort of stuff. What many considered the ideal life and then we found ourselves in Lauampakel, North Tanner in Vanuatu, the middle of nowhere, literally, with no electricity, no running water, if you wanted to get somewhere you had to walk and all that kind of stuff. Our families thought we were crazy. Our friends thought we were crazy. And I'll be honest with you, church, there were moments where I thought, yeah, we're just a little bit crazy saying yes to God in all of this. But here's the thing on reflection that I can see. Taking that step has actually allowed us to experience a whole bunch of very special things to meet some really special people that we're great friends with to this day. We've seen some beautiful places around the world. We've been able to share the love and grace of Jesus with people that we come into contact across 20 years of ministry. None of that would have happened if we didn't say yes when God told us it was time to go. And so my message today is really all about that. It's about um, the power of go our journey has been a journey that's been full of ups it's been full of downs but it has brought such richness to our lives now I'm not talking about monetary riches or the riches that the world would understand because you ask anybody who's been in ministry for an extended period of time it is not the place for riches in terms of what the world considers riches but it's that richness Of having those experiences with God it's about seeing him at work it's about seeing lives transformed it's about seeing people healed seeing people set free those are the eternal riches that the power of go when you harness that power of go that God actually lets you and allows you to be involved in and so I sort of want to speak a little bit to that today if you got your Bibles we're going to be in Mark chapter 1 going to zigzag through that because My hope is, as we look at this passage, my hope is that you will see that there are precious moments that are available to each and every one of us when we harness that power of go. And when we harness that now your journey isn't going to look like my journey, as I shared at the Lazy Ladies of Grace on Monday. Um, you know, I was sort of talking a bit about you know our journey with, with Jesus and what that looks like. And you know, some people are like, "Oh well, your mine doesn't look like that." And it's not supposed to look like that. If we all had the same journey, guess what? We'd all end up at the same destination, and we'd all meet the same people along the way. But we are all called to have a journey, but it does not look the same. So don't think, "Oh, that's all right for you, Pastor." that's your journey yes it is but you also have a journey you have a calling you too are an ambassador of jesus and so i want to look a little bit um, at that so across 20 years we have simply said yes when god has spoken it's taken us to the beautiful vanuatu it took us to war savage sri lanka where There were days I'd hop on a bus and not know if I was coming home because buses were being blown up at the time. But we still said yes. We still said yes when he asked us to go. Thailand, India, the Philippines, wherever he has said, hey, guys, here's where I'm calling you to make Jesus known, we have said yes to that. And it's that desire to go when he says it that really is the heart of this message and the truth is this, church, sometimes the desire to go, is battle- you're battling with the desire to stay. Because it isn't easy. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's really, really difficult. And I'll talk about that a little bit this morning. So as we mentioned about this transition season at Grace Church, I know that it came as a shock to many, that some were disappointed and um, maybe even some of you were hurt. And I do apologize for that. Um, I understand how you're feeling. It's never been our intention to hurt anyone or anything like that but for us we've had to remain obedient to what god has asked us to do and i hope the same would be true for you it was true for jesus it is true of us and i do pray and hope that it is true for you as well because i was talking to brian i want to say thank you to brian he's been a really um very helpful on this sort of transition season, but we were talking and he brought something up, and I went, Oh, that's exactly right, Brian. Why didn't I think of that? He said, It was actually our obedience to the call of God that brought us here to Grace Church to begin with. We never wanted to pastor a church, was never on our radar, not even like the little tiniest blip where we were like, Oh, we're going to pastor a church. But God spoke to us and He said, I want you to go down to Morissette and I want you to pastor this church. And all I knew about Morisset was it had a good golf course. That's all I knew about Morisset at the time because I played at the golf course and it was great. But we have loved getting to know you. We've loved leading you. We've loved sharing Jesus with you. We've had good times. We've had hard times. We've seen people come. We've seen people go. And the reality is that this church is really the only church that most of my kids know. Two of my kids were born in this church. They have grown up in this church. We drove past the other day, had Cohen in the car, and he yelled out excitedly from the back seat, oh, Dad, are we going to church? There's the church building. That's all they know. That's all that they have known. And so that's why this season is very hard for us. It's hard for Jackie and I. We know that it's hard for you. And change can be challenging. Change can be scary it can take us to unknown and uncomfortable places but i want to say this that is why for close to 10 years we have pointed you to jesus and that is why we will continue to point you to jesus because we may be transitioning to a new season but jesus isn't jesus is still the same he is still here probably more than ever we need to be making sure that we are continually pointing you to jesus our comforter our counsellor and so very very much more so I'm going to begin in verse 5 of mark chapter 1 because here's where we see the power of go at work so Mark chapter 1 begins, John is baptizing people um, of their sins and a whole bunch of stuff is happening. And then in verse 5, we start to see the fruit of his ministry. It says, all of Judea, including the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. All of Judea. All means everybody, every single person, every man, every child, every woman. They are out there to go and see John. And when they confess their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. So in summary, John's ministry is really, really successful. Okay, every single person is coming out to hearing him preach. What John is saying is resonating with people, they're getting baptized, they're, um, getting, um, they're confessing their sins, they're finding freedom, everything that is available. Now, anybody who has been involved in ministry will, not, will tell you that if this is the fruit of their ministry, They just want more of that because they want to be used more by God. It's not for John. It's not for his glory, but it's that that heart for God that says, I want to reach more and more people because I know that there is freedom found when you confess your sins and when you are baptized. And so John, at this time, must be feeling really, really fulfilled in his ministry. God is using him in a mighty way. He's thankful for the changes that he is seeing in the people of Judea because all of them are coming out to hear what it is that he has to say. But something changes despite the fruitfulness of his ministry. And I've got five points in our message today and I hope that I can get through all of them. My first point is this. The power of go creates space. The power of go Create space so what John actually did was John set aside his ministry success because he knew that his ultimate purpose was to point people to Jesus John had a season where he was called to this ministry in Judea but that was a season and that season would come to an end he wasn't pointing people to himself he wasn't pointing people to the temple. He wasn't pointing people to the religious leaders. John's goal, his mission, was to point people to Jesus. That's why he was there. And I thought about this yesterday. I thought, I don't know that the people of Judea would have received Jesus if John was still undertaking public ministry. Because everyone knew John. I think everyone loved John because they all went out to hear him speak and so if he had have actually stayed I think Jesus coming may have been much more challenging for Jesus and his ministry to actually reach the people that were there but John knew something that was very very important he knew that he wasn't the Messiah he knew that he wasn't the savior of the world and so John created space for Jesus to come He created the space for the ministry of Jesus. The only way that John could do that was for John to go. John couldn't continue to preach. He had to go so that there was space for Jesus to come. Here's what we read in verse 3. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Clear the road. What does John need to do? John needs to get out of the way. He needs, make, he needs to make space for the one who is coming. He needs to clear that space. There was an appointed time when John had to go in order that Jesus could come. Let me say that to you again. There was an appointed time when John had to go... When John had to make space so that Jesus could come. And this is what God has been saying to Jackie and I for the last 12 or so months. He literally has said to us, you are preparing the way for the next leaders at Grace Church. He has been saying that to us, preparing the way. We don't understand what it looks like. We didn't know the timing of it all. We didn't know any of that but we knew that there was a time that was coming when we had to go and so we stayed close to him and we listened and he said again and again you need to make space you need to make space for the new people so that i can do what i want to do through grace church that i can transform your community so like john we had to clear the road we had to get out of the way we had to make space so that the new people could go from where they were to here at Grace Church and that's the power church of creating space when we go because sometimes in our humanness and maybe our self-importance we can think well if we go there's just this big empty vast space it's just going to be this big void yes there will be and that's what God needs to actually be able to fill that void We create the space so that he can bring the right people at the right time to fill the space. That's how he works. That's how he works. And I know that from time and time again, as I've seen in other churches and you will see in this church, that as we make the space, the plans and purposes that God has for his church, his church, we are a part of it, but at his church, they will continue to be fulfilled because he is the promise keeper. But when we hold on for our own glory, when we don't listen to the whispers of God, when we're not obedient to that thing that he is telling us, no matter how difficult or challenging or hard it might be, we become a blockage to what God wants to do through his church. And in this last season, Jackie and I, one of the things that we have prayed is, God, we don't want to stay beyond our appointed time because that is not healthy for the church and it's not healthy for... Jackie and I and so we've been very deliberate in terms of asking him what is the appropriate time when is the time when is the time and we thought it was last year and it wasn't last year but we know that it is this year and we'll talk more about that soon okay point number two the power of go requires courage so it needs space but it also needs courage Can I tell you, church, it's not easy to say goodbye to everything and everyone that you know. That's not easy to do that. It's not easy to tell the church that you've been pastoring for the last decade that you're leaving, but you don't know why. It's not easy having a conversation with our kids saying, life is going to look different next year, but we don't really know what it's going to look like. There's no certainty in that. It's challenging. We don't know where we'll be living. We don't know what school will look like. We don't know what we'll be doing. Stepping into the great unknown, whether it's for you, whether it's for me, is challenging. And that's why it needs courage. Because when you step, take a step forward, when you step into a season that you don't know what it looks like, you need the courage to take that first step and then the next step, and the next step, and to keep looking forward and not looking backwards. Because the Christian life was never meant to be easy. It isn't. But here's the thing. When you are obedient to what the Lord is saying, he fulfills the promises that he has spoken to you. This season of transition for us looks different than it does for you, and I know that. But I want to say this. Wherever he is asking you to go, And I know that he is asking all of us to go somewhere. You are going to need courage to do that. You're going to need to be willing to step out of what is known and comfortable and step into the thing that God has for you. And this morning I thought, do you know what? For the best part of a decade, that's what I've been telling you again and again and again. To step out of what is comfortable and step into what God is calling you to. Because that is what our world needs. So for some of you, he might be asking you to step out of your comfort zone in a different way. He might be saying, I want you to reconcile with that family member who's hurt you. I want you to show them forgiveness that they don't deserve. I want you to show them grace as you have received grace from me. Maybe for others, he's saying, I want you to reach out to that neighbor who's been nothing but a pain in the neck for years and years and years. You don't want to do it. But you know the Holy Spirit is prompting you again and again. Step out of that comfort zone and go. Maybe for some it's giving to his kingdom above and beyond what makes financial sense. And you're thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. You can do that. Because when you put your trust in him... He is faithful. Great is thy faithfulness, as we sang this morning. Maybe for some, the courage is just trusting him in this season of transition, where internally you're just screaming with fear because you don't know what this next season of Grace Church looks like. And maybe that's where you need to have courage. It's completely normal to need that courage. You're not the first follower of Jesus that needed courage to do that. And as we head back to Mark chapter 1, we see in Jesus a great example of having courage and the power of go in action. So in verse 9, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River by John. He sees the heavens part and he receives this almighty touch from God. Read those two verses. I'm going to pick it up in verse 11 because Jesus hears his father's voice and here's what it says. You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Now, I'm going to put myself in this part of the passage and I'm going to think, okay, I've heard the audible voice of God. I've experienced the power of God, his spirit. And I'm just in this place where I'm in his presence. It's overwhelming me. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to stay in that place. I like that place. I like being in his presence. I like getting the tingles all over my body as I feel the physical presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is the place that Jesus is in. He is in the presence of his Father. And so I I stopped as I prepared at this verse and I thought, I think I would stay there. But Jesus doesn't do that because the next thing that he does is he actually leaves the presence of his father and he chooses to undertake possibly one of the worst things that he ever encountered during his time on earth. Verse 12 says this, The spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. The Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. So I find this strange. Naturally speaking, I don't think this is something Jesus would have chosen to do. I know for me, I wouldn't choose to go and hang out with Satan for 40 days. I wouldn't choose to endure all sorts of temptations. I wouldn't choose to hang out with wild animals in the wilderness. But that's exactly what Jesus does he chooses that and it's a choice that requires courage but i like in this verse it uses the word compelled it says the spirit then compelled jesus to go to the wilderness you know sometimes in passages or bible verses there is a a word that is just kind of jumps out at you from the pages well that was this word compelled So why compelled? Why are we using that word? Here's what it actually means. Driven to a particular course of action, often by an irresistible internal urge. An irresistible internal urge. That is Bible speak, or that is dictionary speak, I should say, for the Holy Spirit. Internal irresistible urge. The Holy Spirit is directing, is compelling Jesus as he steps into the wilderness. Because in his flesh, it's not a choice that Jesus would have made. Compelled by the Spirit of God, Jesus has the courage to step out of what is comfortable in the presence of his Father, as awesome as that was and to head into one of the most challenging periods of his time at earth. So the power of go requires courage, but I'm here to tell you it is not courage that you and I can muster by ourselves. It is not a worldly courage, it is a heavenly courage. It is a courage that comes when the Spirit of God speaks to you and says, Look, I know you might feel like you're blowing up your life that you've got right now, but I want you to give all that away and I want you to go even though you don't know where it is. That is the courage. It's the thing that propels you to walk away from everything for no reason other than because God said so. Maybe the world might have a different word for it, I don't know. But it's the, it, it's the kind of courage that comes from knowing Jesus intimately and personally that comes from knowing that no matter what he is on your side that no matter what that he has your back that no matter what no matter what you step into he wants nothing but the best for you that's where the courage comes from it comes from a faith in the one who is the promise keeper and so you can take that step it's the type of courage that says no matter what comes your way no matter how dark the night no matter how deep the valley the sun will shine in the morning so the power of go requires courage are you courageous this morning church as you ponder that let's go to point three the power of go has purpose it has purpose it has divine purpose if you want to add in divine purpose there and so if we go and we look at the accounts. Uh, in terms of Jesus being led into the wilderness we see in Matthew 4 1 it says Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted and Luke's account in chapter 4 says he was led by the spirit in the wilderness all three accounts point very clearly to divine intervention and divine purpose of Jesus going into the wilderness This was not something that he chose to do. It wasn't an accident that he met Satan and was tempted for 40 days. That wasn't an accident. There was a purpose in this encounter. Jesus had to experience what it was like to be human, to understand the life that you and I lead. He had to understand what it was to be tempted he had to understand what it was to have his identity questioned he had to understand what it was to have his mind clouded with lies and deceit of the enemy he had to understand all of that so that he would know what it was like for you and for me as we journey this life together he knew what it was like to go through trials and tribulations therefore he understands completely when we go through trials and tribulations he absolutely does that is the humanness of Jesus and we see this in Hebrews 2:17. here's what we read therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us his brothers and sisters so that he could be merciful and faith be our merciful and faithful high priest before God then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people What if Jesus had ignored the leading of the Holy Spirit? What if he decided, you know what, I just love being in the presence of my Father. I think I'm just going to stay here for all of eternity. He could have chosen to do that. But we would never have received the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus gave for our sins. We would never have received that if Jesus didn't actually understand the power of go and put it into action. And I think sometimes it's actually not about what we can see. It's about what God is doing in the unseen. I took it a step further. I said, imagine if... Let's go right back. Imagine if Jesus is hanging out with the Father in heaven. Heaven's a fantastic place if you know your Bible. And then, you know, they're having that conversation. And the, the father says to the son, listen, I want you to become a person in a human body and I want you to go down with the people. I want you to hang out with them. And my first assignment for you, as a grown man, my first assignment is this. I want you to head out with this crazy guy, our arch enemy, for a few weeks in the wilderness. No boxing gloves, but you're going to have a big battle. Etc., etc., etc. And so then imagine if Jesus just said, Yeah, that's not so appealing to me. How about I just sit here at your right hand and we continue, you know, to just rule the world? Here's some of the things that we wouldn't have if that were the case. We'd have no Christmas, no personal relationship with God, no new covenant, no forgiveness of sins once and for all. We'd have none of that. That's the power of go in action. And the second thing, I think why Jesus went to the wilderness, and I love this part of it, he defeated Satan in the wilderness. He defeated Satan, the enemy, threw absolutely everything that he had at Jesus. And every time, Jesus just whacked him with the truth. Every single time. He grabbed the sword, and he just continued to run it through Satan each and every time. And we might think, oh that's okay, but Jesus was God, of course he could do that. But he wasn't God when he was in the wilderness, he was flesh like you and me, he was in human form. But he defeated Satan as a mere man by using two weapons that were available to Adam and the two weapons that are available to you and to me, the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. That is all that Jesus actually used. And because of that, because of God's leading, because of Jesus saying yes to go into the wilderness, because he defeated Satan, you and I can live a life that is victorious. Luke 10, 19 puts it like this. I have given you true authority. You can smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. You can walk all over the power of the enemy you can't be harmed do you know why we can declare that over ourselves our families our church because jesus had the courage to go into the wilderness and to battle satan on our part point four is this the power of go brings disappointment if you're taking notes you can put in brackets to some It brings disappointment. Because in Mark chapter 1, a pattern repeats itself again and again. And it's this. Jesus goes somewhere. He shares the gospel. He shares the truth. People experience the power of God. And then he goes. It's a pattern that repeats itself again and again. Rather than stay there, Jesus disappoints people again and again by leaving the place. Some examples, verse fourteen. Jesus goes into Galilee, he preaches the good news. John gets arrested, but Jesus still leaves. And I'm thinking, Well, Jesus, surely Jesus is gonna hang around till John gets out of jail and he's gonna like, you know, be there and go and visit him in prison and pray with him and all that sort of stuff. But the Bible tells us that Jesus actually leaves. Jesus just doesn't stay there even though John is in prison, he actually leaves. But he could have stayed there, but he knew that there was power in going. Verse 21, Jesus is in Capernaum. He's preaching in the synagogue. And then in verse 22, we read this. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So a little bit like when John is preaching at the start of Mark 1, Jesus is in the synagogue and his message is really resonating with people. They are loving what they are hearing. And surely the temptation is then to stay, particularly as we skip forward to verse 27. Amazement gripped the audience and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his orders. And I've got to tell you, for anyone that preaches publicly, To get that response, you're like, yes, people are getting it. People are getting it. I want to stay. I want to give them more. I want to give them more. And even though I'm sure there was a temptation for Jesus to remain, he didn't. And so the people that he left behind were disappointed. He knew in order to obey God that he would disappoint man. He could have chosen to please man and disobey God and that's the choice that you and I have we can choose to do that but that is not what Jesus chose and I don't want you to choose that as well Jesus knew something about the power of go there were many more that needed to hear the good news That was his mission, was to declare the good news, to declare the gospel. There was many more that needed to know him, that needed a touch of God, that needed healing, that needed salvation. And so Jesus said, I could stay here and I could continue to preach. But the whole world hasn't yet been reached. And so he disappointed some so that he could reach the majority That was his heart it is the heart of the father i hope it is your heart as well jesus knew that if he stayed beyond the appointed time that none of what god had planned would actually happen the temptation was to stay was to be revered was to be celebrated but the mission was to go and i absolutely love verse 38 jesus replied We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. And if you read the verses before it, his disciples are saying, Hey, Jesus, let's just hang here. The people are really getting the message. And Jesus says, No, no, that is why I came. Why did I come? I came so that we can go to other towns and preach to them as well. It wasn't to stay in one place. It wasn't to anchor down. For some people it is, absolutely it is. And some, that's a season where God says, I want you to anchor down here. But Jesus knew that his call was not to spend time in the one place. Jesus knew his call was to go. It was to go because he was called to go. And then I love it says this. He says, we must go. Remember that word we spoke about before compelled the holy spirit compelled jesus to go to the wilderness it's that same compulsion that is here that we read about earlier it's that knowing in the depths of your spirit that god is speaking to you that is calling you to something new and this is what jesus is experiencing right here at this moment of time now does that mean he didn't love the people in Capernaum that he was preaching to or galilee or judea wherever it was no absolutely not he loved them all and he knew that he would disappoint them by leaving but he also knew that it was time for him to go and this is the journey that Jackie and I have been on the last year or so as we knew our season here at Grace Church that it was coming to an end that it was time for our new assignment we just had that compulsion that Jesus had where we felt like we must go We're compelled to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and what he is saying to us, no matter if that disappoints our church family. And that doesn't mean it's not hard for us to say that. No matter if our kids are disappointed, no matter how painful the season can be at times. So I want to close this morning with a couple of well-known verses. The first of them is Matthew 28, 9. We know it as the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a co-mission between you and God, between me and God, to share the gospel and to make Jesus known. But I want to say this, it's also a go-mission. Yes, it's the great co-mission, but it's also the great go-mission for you and for me. Because in Matthew 28:19, and then again Mark's rendering of it in chapter 16, they both begin with the word go. Go and make disciples. Mark says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. The going isn't optional. How far we go looks different for every one of us. And as I said earlier, for some that might be just next door to your neighbour. For some it might be some other place around the world. But the going isn't optional. The going is central to the ministry of Jesus and we see it modelled in his life again and again and again. He had this resolute sense of purpose. He said, I know why I am called. From village to village he would go and spread the good news and he would bring hope into dark places. He would bring salvation. He would bring healing. He would bring a whole bunch of stuff. He demonstrated through his action that there was purpose in his ministry, but his purpose required movement, it required willingness, and it required um, a desire and an understanding that he had to step out of his comfort zone. And so, last week, our family were, last Saturday, we were heading back from Fiji, and because there's a lot of us sometimes it's hard to sit us all together on a plane and so you know we weren't all um, sitting together and so as we checked in I, I talked to the lady and she said yeah I'll get you all together she gave us our boarding passes she said you're in the last row of the plane now I've flown a little bit and one of the worst places to be when it comes to a plane is in the last row because you feel all of the turbulence Right behind you is the toilets. Every time the toilet flushes, you hear that. You're the last person to get your meal. So sometimes your first choice is not available. And on this flight, you know, we actually skipped um, a a few um, and didn't get some of the meal service. I know they're all first world problems. I do have a point. But I had a bit of a whinge, you know. Not not a big one, just a little one. You know, saying to to Tobias, I think it was, oh, I hate being at the back of the plane. And so, you know, there was three and three and then I was sitting by myself across the aisle and there was a spare seat next to me, thank you Jesus, and then there was a man on the window. And, um, you know, as we were, we were coming into Sydney, um, I started talking to this man um, and it turns out that he had come from San Francisco um, and he was connecting through Fiji to get to Sydney. And I was like, oh, you know, were you there for work? He said, oh no, I went because my, my sister-in-law died. It's like oh i'm sorry to hear that and he said yeah she went in for surgery i mean san francisco area um, and she died in surgery she was only 43 and he said that's the kind of thing that you would expect maybe in a country like fiji where there's not great medical facilities but in a country like america um, you know and as this man was sort of sharing his story um, you know the holy spirit just said well This is why he's sitting in the back row. But he also prompted me and said, this is why I'm asking you to go. Because this story, while it's unique to this man, and I felt really, really emotional for this man, his brother and the extended family, his story is unique, but what is um, the same the world over is that none of us know our appointed time. And this lady at 43 is still really young and she would have thought, well, I've got 30, 40 years ahead of me. But then in a moment, her life, is, her life is gone. And the Holy Spirit just sort of impressed on me, this is why I'm asking you to go because there are eternal consequences. There are people around the world where their eternal destiny is at stake because they do not know me. And it was just a great reminder for me. And it's the burning desire I think that Jesus had when he would go from village to village. Yes, he understood people might be disappointed, but he also knew that there are people that haven't received the good news and he had to take it to them. Now for Jackie and I, that's that burning desire that is driving us right now that we have been feeling for some time. It doesn't mean that we don't like where we are now. I promise you we do. We love being here. We would love to stay. We would love to continue shepherding our church family. We'd love to continue to share the gospel of grace. Just this week, Jackie's like, oh, I've got so much to say. I'm running out of time. I'm running out of opportunity to say it. We would love to keep doing that. But that isn't the current call when it comes to our life because this current season is coming to a close and we know that there is something new ahead. We just have no idea what it is. But we know that as we go, that you might be disappointed. But I know that Jesus is with you. Last point. The power of go requires trust. It requires trust. So we can be confident to go, trusting that God will fill the space our leaving creates. We can be confident to go, trusting that God will give us the courage we need to take each step on the journey. We can be confident to go, trusting that God's plans and purposes surpass anything that we can think or imagine and we can be confident to go trusting that the lord will comfort those who have been disappointed by our departure to hear more podcasts from grace church australia make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online